What's up and welcome to Groundbreaking, a friendly original podcast bringing you the young creatives redefining entrepreneurship and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today. I'm Jake Brewer. Let's get started. hope you guys are ready for today's episode because in a moment, I'm joined by my friend Tina. She's the creator and host of In Your 20s, a podcast on literally everything from the highs and lows and the good and the bad about making your way through the whirlwind that is your 20s. Today, we're talking about why we started a podcast, why discussing commonality brings us together and building an audience. Welcome back to Groundbreaking, everybody. So excited that you're with us and Boy, oh boy, we have a really cool episode for you today. I am ecstatic to be joined by somebody that I've known for a few years now and is just constantly blowing my mind with her talent and her skill and her craft and just her ability to adapt and create things that you just weren't expecting, but also you're like, oh yeah, she would so do this and this is absolutely her calling. She is such an inspiring creator and just graduated, and we have so many things to discuss. And I mean, we really just have to catch up ourselves. Um, I've known Tina for a few years now, and I've tried to keep up with her, but she's one of those people that is just so exciting to watch um, grow and all the new things that she sort of tackles. Um, Tina Agallo is the host of In Your 20s, which is, if you haven't listened to it, one of my favorite podcasts, um, essentially dives into all of the different topics that sometimes were way too uncomfortable to talk about um, in a very casual, relaxed sort of setting that doesn't feel very forced. Um, And it's just so incredibly relatable and simple and funny with a comedic sort of twist. Um, And really every episode leaves you feeling validated and open-minded. And it's such a powerful show. And something I'm so glad that she started because I feel like we need to be having the sort of conversations about young people and the experiences we go through. And so I thought, why not have Tina on the show to not only talk about her podcast, not only talk about um, her experience graduating and getting a job in the middle of a pandemic, which is a crazy topic and something we've heard from, um, from a few different sort of guests we've had on the show so far. But we're also just going to talk about youth creativity, which is one of my favorite topics. Um, and I feel like in this these past few months and this year specifically, we've really seen um, that sort of world and reality flourish. And it's something that has me really excited. And I know it has Tina excited. So Tina, let's just jump right into it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Hello. Thank you for having me. And can I just say that intro? I'm like, what? Shook it? That is so nice. Can I take you with me everywhere? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That would be like the pleasure of like a lifetime. I have a feeling people already are like, oh yeah, she's a podcast host. Just by the way you like came in and you're so articulate. And that's something that I am not like at all. Okay. That's Um, a lie. No, 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 no. Okay. So we, I guess before we hit record, Tina and I were talking about kind of um, the the things that like we say and Tina was like, oh, mine are O and O's and ums. Mine is likes. I say like so often that when I'm editing the show back, it just like annoys the hell out of me. And so I'm telling myself, do not say like, do not say like. So um, feel free to call me out if I say like too much. 
Oh, no problem at all. You know what I've started to realize now the more that I've had my podcast because I'm going – I'm getting really close to episode 20. And what I love is when I actually hear people say, um, and like – when I started, I told my friends, if you guys even utter that word and make me have to edit longer, we're going to have a problem. So it was very like, – <laughs> I don't want to say forced, but it was just – really awkward i was so tired of editing and then i realized that takes away from the authenticity there is no person in this entire world who does not say um or like or and or something like along those lines within their normal conversation so embrace the ums and likes oh absolutely and the people who like say it very minimally or just feel like they're so professional and never really sound like they are thinking that takes like years and years of practice and they like we still pause and stuff so oh my god i almost said like but like oh okay, <laughs> there we go there we go there we go but um you know what i mean like the, I, when you hear speakers and they just very purposely pause and so that's something that i've kind of been like working on and i think even already like i'm really enjoying this conversation because we live kind of a very similar reality when we are doing our podcasts because it's it's a lot and it's a lot to undertake and um i was actually talking to a friend the other day um because she's kind of working in the podcast business and she was asking me all these questions and it was a really really cool opportunity to reflect on the past few months putting a show together um and as i approach the end of like the first season of it is is just it's mind-blowing how far it's come and how much i've learned i'm curious do you feel like do you feel the same way and maybe we can start with like what made you want to do in your 20s what inspired that and like what were the thoughts in your mind that were like gonna be the biggest hurdles to creating the show yeah so I started getting into podcasts back in January of 2019 yeah January 2019 because I was interning with Premier Networks which for someone who's not in the media or entertainment industry Premier Networks is directly under iHeartMedia so iHeartRadio like Elvis Rancho that kind of stuff and what one of my tasks was when I was an intern with them was to edit podcasts and also listen to podcasts, write editorial for them. So that was my first little taste of the podcasting world. Then I ended up doing a completely different internship with television and production. And then I ended up doing social media, not social media, I was doing digital enterprises where I was basically strategizing how to create content, how to create social campaigns to promote um, portfolios for a broadcast company. While I was doing that internship, so right now we're around fall 2019, I was so bored in the office because I was in a very corporate setting and I was like, no one is talking to each other. <laughs> I need to listen to something, just anything. And then I recalled how I used to listen to this horoscope called Aries Today because I'm a, I'm a big big astrology horoscope kind of girl oh and okay okay we're gonna have to get into that because that's something i never have understood <laughs> but but i love it i love it keep going sorry <laughs> no you're totally fine i love astrology and i that's become a part of my daily routine and then i started just finding random podcasts while i was at that internship and i became i began to realize if i want to be in media and i want to be a broadcast entertainment host why would I not want to start a podcast? Then the idea came to me like, okay, I know I want to start a podcast. I know I've got a lot to say because let's be honest, the T and Tina stands for talkative, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure out like what topic, 
you know? Because there's yeah. so there are so many things. I think there's even a podcast about freaking like video games related to space or like mushrooms, just random stuff. And I wanted to make sure that the whatever niche that I was going for, it was something that I could also relate to. Because if I'm not passionate about it and I can't relate to it, how am I supposed to quote unquote sell or pitch this podcast to other people? I then mm. realized that I was about to graduate college. So right now we're fast forward to January of 2019. That Christmas, I I mean 2020, that Christmas I also asked my parents for like um, a microphone and what else did I ask them for? Oh, a microphone and headphones so I could start the podcast. Um, January 2020, I realized that I had no idea what the next six months were going to look like. I now realize that I really had no freaking idea what they were going to look like. Thanks to Miss Rona. Shout out to her. But (laughs) yeah, I kind of just started thinking about more and more like, what am I going to do when I graduate? Where am I going to start living? Am I going to live at home? Am I going to get an apartment? And then I realized that these are the questions that people in their 20s ask themselves all the time because you can go to school, you can learn biology, you can learn poli sci business, whatever. But no one teaches you when it's time to start your 401k. (laughs) And that's what made me want to start in your 20s. You're absolutely right. It's so funny. And I really resonate with your show because maybe, I mean, maybe I'm not like your peak specific audience, but it is, I feel like I am because I am now, when we're recording this, months away from graduating and people are starting to ask the questions about, Oh, where do you want to like live? And I'm like, Oh shoot. And my friends that were already graduating were like, you should be saving for just the cost of moving itself. They're like, I'd like, let alone just like rent, but they're like, do you know how much money you have to have to like down deposit first and last month's rent plus all of your insurance up front and the actual like physical costs of like moving things. And it's just like, I feel the, those sort of, expressions and those sort of concerns like towards me feels very, very isolating. And so your show is so validating because you're like, oh, nope, literally millions of people feel this way every single year. But you're right. It's not something that we like talk about all too often because I kind of feel like there is a sort of shame and ignorance about that because at the age we're at, like we just want to be adults. We want to be taken seriously. We want to be Um, treated like we do understand all these things and sometimes it's easy to fake it um, and tell yourself that you do and you're prepared for this that when the moments where you actually have to like sign a lease you have like the biggest like frog in your throat oh my gosh don't even get me started on signing a lease I just signed one (laughs) I'm actually getting the keys to my very first apartment with one of my best friends in like four days but the lease was the hardest part because I am very sussed out easily where like our land our not our landlord our realtor was like oh I need you guys to physically give me a check for the deposit I need the deposit within 24 hours I was like 24 hours what if people have jobs like I'm working I'm not driving two hours up north to give you the check for for preface I'm in uh New Jersey so like People think New Jersey's small and it's actually like four hours long. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Who do you no, think no I way. am? Tina, do, do you know, I don't even have a checkbook. Like, I don't Neither even do like, I. 
<laughs> like I haven't, I, somebody asked me this. It's so funny. Like I haven't written a check since the fourth grade when we learned how to write a check. <laughs> like Same. I, why? And it's, it's so, it's so funny to me. Like, like are are we behind or are we just are we progressive like i can't i can't tell if we're ahead of the game or we're so far behind of the game because whatever the game is we're not in it (laughs) i think i agree with you that we are not in the game like the game has been being it's been played for a while but everyone our age is like what what's going on and it's because like you said we learned how to write checks Back in the fourth grade, I remember when I was in financial literacy, maybe I think it was in middle school, that's when I learned about stocks and all of this shit. Um, and I realized, yeah. like, I don't do that. Like, what I, What am I writing a check for at the age of 14? Nothing. <laughs> so now I have to, yep. s- how many years later? Six, no, eight years later. Guys, I did not major in math. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> eight years later and here i am like okay so i don't have a checkbook money orders are apparently pretty suspect nowadays i guess i'm gonna have to maybe go to my bank and sometimes the banks charge you for just single checks i don't know everything's a scam (laughs) (laughs) that okay i figured out what a money order was not that long ago because i had to for my visa application, when I studied abroad, I had to give them a money order. In like, if you go in my Google search history, you will see like, what is a money order and where do I get one? I was like, I'm like, and why? And like, I can't just write a check, even if I hypothetically had a checkbook. Like, it's so, it's so fun. Which, okay, maybe we need to like accredit this to a couple things. And maybe we need to start by saying, yes, we are a very, like, I'm trying to think of the most polite word, but just like don't be polite, screw head, it. <laughs> headstrong, maybe headstrong kind of generation that we like. It's difficult to um, admit what we don't know. We like to think that we know everything. We will lay the ground with that because I'm sure there will be some people that listen to our conversation that'll be like, "These kids think they need like everything like laid out for them, and they're just so mad." <laughs> like, no, we get it. I get it that we're like a little, we're a little intense. I understand that, and I, that's what oh, I love I about think us. It- Intense is like the nice way to put it. Yeah. Our generation just... <laughs> is like, screw it. We are, but like, but also how can we like not be just so happy-go-lucky when you're right? Like we haven't really learned learned these things. I mean, you mentioned like financial literacy. I never took a class like that. Like I really learned those things because I had fortunately had parents who like modeled those sort of things for me or I'm like if I didn't if I wasn't introduced to those sort of things or my dad didn't force me to like walk through my taxes with him every single year like I would probably be more horrified than I am right now to graduate that is very that statement in itself is probably like the creme de la creme taxes guys I I don't even do my own taxes and I think now you can go on websites like TurboTax or whatever. I was actually talking to my one friend about him filing his taxes because he's employed by his parents and he was doing it himself. And he was like, there are so many things. The government is taking this money away from me, but then they want me to include this money, all of this stuff. And you're trying to, you know, that meme where you're kind of looking at all of the math equations. <laughs> yes. I knew exactly what you were going to reference before. You even, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what it's like with your taxes. I'm very fortunate that my parents have been going to some random lady. Well, she's not random, but this lady from <laughs> H&R Block for like 20 years, 
they have she's been doing my parents taxes longer than I've been alive and now she's doing mine but like if you were to put taxes in front of me I would without a doubt tell you I'm sorry I can't read this I we need to find someone else because it is not for me oh yeah oh yeah I would like to think that I'm pretty smart with money but like one thing I'm glad to do is pay someone to handle all of that tax stuff because I just know even if I spent hours trying to learn it and trying to do it myself I would make a mistake that would just get me in trouble like like what's like what is the point and maybe maybe that's immature but i also feel like that's a little bit mature just to recognize hey you know what there's people for this work smarter not harder like i just throw that sort of caution to the wind that is a huge piece i think of the graduating sort of aspect um let's talk about let's talk about employment and like jobs um also what a scary thing because when i tell you i feel like i've applied to jobs for the past four years of my life nonstop, but now i have to apply for an actual like post grad job i'm like haven't i been doing this like Mm -hmm. why and why is it so why is it so exhausting to apply for jobs that is the question that my friends and i ask ourselves all of the time and i can relate to you when you say I feel like I've been applying to jobs for forever because it's true. Once you get into college, back when our parents were college students, internships were a thing, but they weren't necessary. Like you did not have to have an internship every single summer. Now it's getting to the point where whether it's paid or unpaid, which don't even get me started on why unpaid internships, even though they are beneficial. We're on the same page. I could go off. That would be a whole episode in and of itself. That's all right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like you – oh, my gosh, I think I lost my train of thought. Give me two seconds. Sorry, that we're was totally about... my fault. Totally my fault, too. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, unpaid internships, what were we talking about before that? How t- Like, why Why getting a job is so exhausting, you know? Oh, right. Like, okay, why is applying exactly. so tough? We've been doing it, like, forever, it feels like. We've been doing it forever, and it doesn't make sense as to why it has become so much more difficult to get these jobs like if your resume does not have you doing something every single summer these some of these employers and hiring managers just look at you like you're so lazy you can't do anything and it goes back to how older generations think that we need everything handed to us so in order to prove them wrong we feel like we have to just go out there and do things and that's what leads to our generation and young people young adults feeling burned out way younger than we should be burned out. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. There is a pressure to every summer of your college experience do do something. Like it's not a crazy thought to think that a recruiter has has the ability to go, okay, February of 2018, what were you doing and why what did you learn then? You know? Like that there is such a pressure um on that. And I think what's also crazy is like what internships are so limited. And of course the unpaid internship is absolutely awful. That is, that is free labor. Um, I think it was AOC yep. that said experience does not pay the bills. Um, let alone the rising, the rising cost of housing. Like I, we, like, you know, we can't, we can't work for experience because experience isn't put like putting dinner in front of us. You know, experience isn't paying our student debt. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. So an unpaid internships, not a thing. Mm-mm. But paid internships are so are so like just difficult to get to because they aren't 
they aren't in an excess. Like it is so incredibly competitive that I guess I feel like I apply to a bunch at a time. It's, uh, I mean, it's crazy. And also the internship industry just as a whole thing favors privileged people so much that it's like, it's sickening that I almost hate like participating in it because you're right. Like recruiters want to see you worked an internship, like every single moment of your college experience, but that's not practical for everybody. We are like being so selective and so cruel to so many people when we make this the sort of standard, but it's also like tough because as much as I don't want to buy into that, like if, if I want a future, I have to, you know, that's just the way things are. And I'm not in a position to change that yet. And maybe that's why we feel like we're in a never ending, like cycle of concern and our desire to be the change, but also to be the change, we have to deal with things the way they are right now. Exactly. It's a very large tug of war. It's like a massive game of tug of war. I think that's the best way to put it because if I look back on my past internship experiences, I did two unpaid internships. Like not just in my second unpaid internship was in London. Now I am very lucky and fortunate that some of the scholarship money that I had, I was able to like put some aside so that way I could buy a plane ticket. But then when I was doing this internship, no one tells you about the, I think I paid $1,000 for a visa or Mm -hmm. how are you going to be able to afford your meals when I tell you that I had $0 um, in my debit card and I had maxed out my credit card. I was in, and I still had a week left in London. I was struggling. I don't, I'm not the type of person to ask anyone for help, but I literally called my parents and I was like, I need money. Like, and I was also, I was also fortunate that I could, my aunt lived 20 minutes away from where I was living. And that was just by chance because I went through a program. I was, so I could just go down to her place for dinner if I wanted to, because she loves to cook and she always wanted me over, but not everyone gets that luxury. And then I see other people and here's where it can get even stickier. You see other people who are doing these amazing internships and you're like, why can that not be me? What am I doing wrong? So then you're like, all right, I have to take these unpaid internships because maybe you'll, maybe it'll give me that extra push that a recruiter will say, wow, I like your resume. I'm going to give you this chance. But even then, once you do all that stuff and it's time to actually look for jobs, they're like, oh, sorry, we actually are looking for someone that has three to five years of experience. That is all <laughs> entry level jobs right now. And it doesn't make yeah. sense. What? How? How is no an entry level job is supposed to be entry level? Like you are entering the workforce. You're not supposed to have a packed like resume. And you know what? It's so funny you say that too because people talk about how like toxic Instagram is and how toxic Twitter is. Let's talk about how toxic LinkedIn is. Like, uh. <laughs> why? Like, there is no other platform that makes me feel worse about myself than LinkedIn. I love it. I think LinkedIn is actually an incredible resource. And if anybody's listening isn't on LinkedIn, I highly suggest that they should be because I mean, it's just it's your it's your digital resume. It's like the hotspot for academics of or employment and their connection to academics and everything. So you should have it. But you're right, it is so tough, especially this year when so many programs were canceled and people were feeling down in the dumps about that, like let alone. But then these people who 
somehow lined up something with the companies who were going to be a little bit more stable over the course of this year and weren't as threatened. Like, of, I mean, and I don't blame them. Of course, if I had that thing, I would boast about it too. That's what LinkedIn is for. LinkedIn is a bragging platform, but it's so tough to see and see, watch all that because you feel like you're just getting like thrown to the back of the line for graduation day in terms of recruiters. I literally had to bite my tongue. Actually, I bit my finger because everything you said, I was like, oh, there goes another one. Oh, I like I am so used to making <laughs> random noises. My it's me and my friends from home. We're always like, uh, and just make these noises <laughs> when we agree. But LinkedIn is my kryptonite. And I will say right now, I'm very fortunate that I am employed. I got employed back in June. So it was a very quick turnaround from like actually graduating to getting a job. But I love LinkedIn. I actually had to delete the app from my phone because now that I'm employed, I'm like, I don't, I should not be on this app. Like I'm happy at my job. Yeah. I don't need to do this. But then I find myself going back on because I want to see who's doing what. And then I end up comparing myself being like, wait, they're already doing that at this age. Why am I not doing that? Or what are they doing that I'm not doing? And now because I'm not trying to apply to jobs, I end up sending job applications to my friends instead so i'm like oh i want you to do this this is so cool but then in the back of my head i'm also like wait but if they get that i'm gonna be so jealous and they better like kiss the ground i walk on because i got them that job even though i didn't <laughs> yeah. do anything except the linkedin algorithm was like hey we're gonna give you this to tempt you even more it's yeah. so difficult and hard it's and I feel like a lot in a lot of other things, I would say like our generation in general is if there is competition, it's healthy because many things like, like that's just to be, for example, like, okay, both of us have a podcast, but I don't feel threatened by you. You're not going to like take away listeners. Like that is, a, it's a zero sum game here. Like, or it's not a zero sum game. I mean, like we're not taking away from each other but the job market does feel that way like even if it's minimal like oh someone got this job that's like it's framed as like that's one less opportunity for me and i think that's what's that's what's really hard about it or you know like oh shoot if this person's already ahead of where i was when their age when i was their age they're gonna come for my job the second they can like why, oh, why do we why do we worst. think that way why do we think, why are we so self-conscious about the job market when, whereas like other sort of fields, like if one of my friends blows up on TikTok, I'm like cheering them on. I'm like, hell yeah. But if like one of my friends gets a dream job, I'm like, that's great. But like secretly, I'm so envious. I think it's because, and we weren't old enough to have jobs, but it goes back to the 2008 recession when, because we still felt like everything that was happening with the economy, like my mom lost her job. My dad wasn't doing really well. And that was our, that stress that they felt, even though they didn't try to put it on me, like it was still there because we were like, oh, we didn't get as many gifts for Christmas or something random like that. Yeah. Granted, yeah, I was yeah. 11, so I had no idea. But I think that pressure of like, okay, jobs aren't as secure as you think they are that's what really started to get to people. And now that we are getting very close to possibly going into another recession, it's everyone's nerves are just heightened because they're like, oh no, we have to do the very best. We have to be willing to work 12 hours a day just so that yeah. way our employer thinks that we can do it and they don't want to hire someone else because it is hard. You, 
and we're very fortunate that in our world there are companies that are being developed all the time like i work for a startup right now tiktok alone has i think i think it has a hundred thousand u.s employees i could be bluffing i I think think you're right i think that's what i've saw yeah 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 so there are jobs being created but it's just a matter of oh even with corona like because of covid jobs are being taken away again and some companies are realizing like oh we didn't need that role after all it's totally fine to not do it and then you think okay so if they don't think my role is necessary who is do i have to switch Mm -hmm. industries is my dream career not actually within reach anymore and you just get in your head and it goes back to that competition plus let's be honest, school was putting us in competition since the beginning with gifted programs and all that stuff too. Yeah. So it's always been, it's always been a freaking race. (laughs) You're, you're right. And I would argue for the most, for the most part, that kind of some competition is healthy because it, it makes us adaptable and flexible and to try new things. But there is, there is a huge amount of toxicity in competition. And I think one of the one of the potential solutions that's really been proposed to that is is entrepreneurship and individual creativity. And I mean, I created this show because I had the time and because there was I just needed to fill more hours of my day because I'm used to every single hour of my day being booked. And then I and then it wasn't all of a sudden once school ended. And so I feel like I I feel like I needed to. Um, do you think that do you think entrepreneurship and this sort of rise, especially with youth creativity, do you think that is a, do we frame it as a solution to this sort of the stress of employment and the uncertainty about it? Or like, do we frame it as just a repercussion of it? That question is so hard because I think about this every day because every day I go on social media and I see another person who is starting up a business or is starting like an agency or something like that. Um, And I'm like, okay, based on who the person is, like, are they doing this because they're passionate about it? Are they doing it because they're bored? Are they doing it because they want to make money? Like, what is their goal? And yeah, I think the goal is what sets apart the re- whether it's like the repercussions or if they're doing it because they want to do it because it also goes back to like for me for example I'm doing this podcast not only because I just love to hear people's stories and I love to be able to just laugh with my friends but my podcast I know that if I want to pitch myself to a company and say hey I want to do these interviews or hey I want you to take a chance on me I've got hours upon hours of audio that they can just listen to and see for themselves if they're interested in investing in me or not yeah yeah well and i feel like that's okay you know i think i think i agree with you i feel like i'm very much on on the same page because at one point creating the show and not to get like too deep but like friendly as a whole was was a repercussion of the the time that i felt but also like every single interview or thing I've done since like this project has been brought up because it does pique people's interest a little bit. Um, and I've thought a lot about why, why that is. And like, why my like scrappy little podcast that I like threw together overnight is so, 
interesting to like recruiters who are so professional in the world. Um, and I, I, I guess it's because they're just like, they're I- impressed that I could throw something together, like without the backing of millions of dollars or without like a large distributor. And it's, it's just very um, independent. And I guess you, you learn to take on the things like, I didn't know how to really edit until um, the show. And you just, you casually learn those things. And I guess, do you, do you feel like the show has been more of just a passion project for you? Do you feel like it's sculpted a little bit of your, career and i mean maybe that's just what you've learned from your guests or do you feel like just the experience of doing it has has that influenced um how people in the professional setting see you or how you see yourself in that professional setting i'd say it's definitely a passion that can benefit my professional career whereas i'm like when I'm doing my podcast, I'm doing it for fun. And I know that if I'm not having fun, that's when I'm going to be upset because for some people, their hobbies can end up feeling like chores. Like I love video editing. I love to Mm -hmm. create vlogs with my friends. I see my YouTube channel as my own personal, like, um, how do I phrase this? It's like my VHS collection, but on the internet. That's how I see my YouTube channel. and But I haven't been editing as much because I see it as a chore now where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to edit this video. It's going to be taking me so long. And I've got all these other things that I have to do for work. Why am I going to do that when instead I can watch an early 2000 rom-com and then go to sleep so I can be prepared for the next work day? <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm like, okay, this isn't fun for me anymore. With the show right now, it's like, I know that just based on the whole video editing that I don't want to get I don't want it to get to that point. I'm very I'm able to have complete and full utter creative control of my show. It's my baby. When it comes to the professional career, I actually just had a random like touch base interview with this podcast company and I was like, I don't care how many listeners I have. Like this is something for me and I'm just able to hone in on my skills as I'm recording, as I'm editing and I'm learning. And if that makes me a better employee, then so be it because, Hey, I've got to get to my goal of being the next female Ryan Seacrest somehow. Yes. (laughs) Is there, is there a piece of you in the show that you're like, I just secretly hope this like blows up by chance. Like, Uh Oh, without I would not be Tina with an H without that. Like <laughs> the reason I call myself Tina with an H is because I'm like, all right, if I blow up, I know people aren't going to be able to say my last name, so let's just do that. Which, by the way, in its side note, in itself, the fact that I have to think that is like, no, make people yes. learn your last name. But also, yeah. Tina with an H is just so quirky, and my parents don't have a reason as to why they added the H anyway. So I'm like, let me just play on this. How many Tina with an <laughs> Hs can you find in the world? Not very many. But to just yeah. re-answer your question, which was, what did you ask again? I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, is, like, is there a piece of you that just, as much as the show is for your own personal development and growth, is there like a piece of you that just secretly hopes, like, this is my ticket? Yeah. I'm, I tell my friends all the time and like they know they actually say it to me. They're like, Tina, if anyone's going to get famous in this friend group, it's going to be you. And it's because I'm just so out there 
that I feel it's going to happen some at some point. I don't know exactly what it would be for. I hope it'd be a good thing. I don't want it to be bad by any means. But hey, if it blows up, I will gladly take the clout, everyone. Please give it to me. Hashtag clout chaser. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, you and you. I mean, just for the record, you deserve all of that, like a thousand, a thousand percent. Um, well, thank you. But we can. I want to jump back because you mentioned something a little bit earlier about the the just reality of balancing your hustle and your sort of professional life um how how can we do that because you're right after a while fitting in your passion project within the very minimal and rare hours of your day where we're not you know working to just make a trader joe's microwavable dinner and work on it to five and like those sort of things how can we how can we really frame passion projects to keep the passion behind it? Because you're right. After a while, like it gets to the point where like, oh shoot, before I go to bed, I just need to do like this one sort of thing. And we start to frame it in our minds as, as a burden rather than I guess our ticket, you know, or, or our passion project or what really, really makes us happy or what we kind of need to invest as much as we can. in. because who knows, maybe this will be the thing that takes us to, you know, funding our retirement. You never know. But um, what can what can we do to protect our passion and not let it get it get just destroyed by the the nine to five reality that many people in our generation are just rejecting? I it's let me think for a second on this one because I struggle with this all the time. When I tell you guys, I've looked at my show and have been like is this worth me doing every single week? Because right now my episodes come out weekly. Should I switch to bi-weekly? Do I let my job rule my life? And I have to kind of stop myself and say, no, you're one thing in this world that you promised yourself was that no matter how much money you make, you are just going to do what you love. And in the position that I am in now, I'm doing a job that is very interesting to me. Do I love it with my entire being? Not really. But is it something that invigorates me and challenges me? Yeah. So I have no problem with it. The show is something that after every recording, I'm just energized because hearing people's stories is what makes me happy and learning about humans in general brings me light it brings me joy so when I'm starting to feel burnout I have to think to myself okay why are you doing this like what is the point of having in your 20s is it because you want to make it big is it because you realize that other people don't have someone to talk to about these topics like what is it that's motivating you to keep going and then I just think about when someone reaches out to me and goes, hey, I listened to your one episode and I cried because it was so moving. Like when someone told me that, I I had to step back because I was like, what? First of all, I didn't even know this person listened to it. It was, and I was just, I was flabbergasted. And that's what motivates me. That's what keeps me going. You're going to have those days where you don't want to edit or do anything. If you don't want to do that, don't do it. It's totally okay. I have procrastinated so many times over it. It's just a matter of 
making sure that if you are tired, you're okay to just say, all right, maybe I'm not going to post this week. And this, I'm just saying in terms of like a podcast and my show, but this can relate to if you are a photographer, if you're really tired and don't feel inspired to shoot that week, don't shoot. Watch things that get your creative juices flowing and then the ideas will come. It's just, it's what makes you happy and you have to go back and kind of ground yourself. Yeah, that was so excellent. And I'm so glad that there's somebody like you saying those things that it's okay to like not feel 100% about your passion project too. And part of protecting that is to recognize if it's not the time to work on it, then it's not it's not the time to work on it. Um, and unfortunately, that is the reality where we, we do have to prioritize what pays the bills. Um, but I think I'm... I would like to think I'm very much a, a silver lining person and recognizing that there is kind of a, there is kind of a gift in the reality that we've been served that like we're taught to work really, really hard about what we're passionate about. Um, and we're taught to really balance and fight for what we want and to recognize that, um, I mean, you're right. Like, as you mentioned earlier, a lot of people think our generation, oh, everything gets handed to them, but we dream really big. And because we dream really big, people think we're, um, we're so defiant of what's, what's normal. And we're not happy with what we're given, but we're not happy with what we're given because we dared to dream something bigger and dared to think, Hey, maybe I could actually start something that makes me feel fulfilled, pays the bills, supports a family, yada, 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 all those things. Um, which I don't know, I think, I think isn't, isn't a radical idea, but again, your show is so empowering because it does talk about, the realities of being 20 and maybe we don't talk about those things as much because there's like a little bit of shame and not knowing, but also because maybe a lot of it's, you know, unanticipated. I mean, we spend how long learning about the civil war, but how long do we spend about like renter's insurance? You know, it's, and I guess that comes back to one of our earlier points, but I think, I think that's so, that's so accurate and so so influential and I love that somebody's responding to your show that way because I would hope that's the way people people would react um it's really 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 powerful um and I guess I have a couple of just like kind of like little questions about your show too how do you sort of realize what needs to be talked about because obviously like with a topic of just your 20s um I could I could like count on my fingers up real quick things that I'd want to discuss Um, how do you, how do you come across those sort of topics or how do you decide what people need to hear the most? I like to say that since IY20s is my child, it is also a reflection of me. So let's say I am having relationship troubles or like I'm tired of being single or something. Then I'll find someone who I know feels the same way as me or not necessarily the same way as me, but someone who's going through that situation as well. And I'll be like, hey, why don't we just go on the show, hop on and record and talk about this so other people can hear? Because there has to be other people. And sometimes I'll have friends reach out to me saying, hey, I want to talk about this. Or another thing is if some whatever's going on in the world, I liked, I've realized as the podcast has grown that instead of just focusing on one thing and one topic every episode, it's okay to expand. So Mm -hmm. last week's episode that I had, it was about starting becoming a social media influencer with one of our friends, Gigi. But then throughout the episode, 
it was who I love. She's absolutely amazing. She's killing it. Oh my gosh, no. She's like, I I love talking to her. I learned something new even if we just exchange like three texts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, she's just so insightful. And with her, we ended up talking about what it's like to have a niche, what it's like to deal with cancel culture, body positivity within a social media sphere. It just goes on to all these different topics. It can get hard sometimes though because even though the show is called In Your 20s, that's me just niching it so that way 20 year olds can look up on google and be like oh this is a podcast that might be for me some of the topics Mm -hmm. that i talk about on the show people of all ages can hear about it i mean i don't think a five-year-old should be listening to my podcast because i do say quite a few curse words but (laughs) people in their 30s and their 40s and older can talk about it or or listen to it i had an episode with this couple who's been together for 10 years and they told me like, oh, this is what happens when you have when you stop having casual sex or when you stop having watching porn and, you know, just pay attention to yourself. I was like, whoa, this was not how I thought the episode was going to go. But I am so excited to talk about this and like have people listen because there are those topics that no one wants to talk about. And hey, if I can make someone a little uncomfortable and maybe call them out because sometimes my guests do be calling me out, too then that's yeah. what I love to hear. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there shame then? Do, is it the, sh- do we feel shame in just like not knowing or are we just uncomfortable about talking those things or do we just not know where to start? It's both. We don't know where to start because we weren't taught it. You know, we were taught yeah. about periods to an extent in school. And I don't even know. I mean, I don't know how the male setup was for because in my middle school it was like girls and boys far away from each other during this talk oh nothing nothing absolutely nothing so if a guy wants to know more about periods then hey in your 20s might be the show for you which honestly i don't have an episode about that but this just sparked one so expect that coming (laughs) soon cool cool (laughs) yeah so it's being uncomfortable it's uncomfortable and it's also not knowing where to go but once you it's just i'm i'm rambling a lot but i just want to say that look at what's on tv right now you have shows that are dedicated to teenagers who are just about to enter college or like who are 16 think of outer banks which first of all that show i love it but those 16 year olds (laughs) cannot be doing all that like no no unrealistic i was not doing that at 16 exactly (laughs) And you have really cool shows like Euphoria that are bringing these conversations to light. But then if you look at shows that are meant for 20-year-olds like New Girl, which is another show that I really like, but that's not realistic. How are you going to have a nice-ass apartment in downtown LA where all where all of you have huge singles because like you can afford it? Nick Miller was a bartender. Not saying bartenders don't make bank, but you would probably be struggling in those things. So that's why in your 20s oh, is yeah. that place where you get a little bit of reality from what media is trying to show you. you oh my God. And you are absolutely right. And I, you don't know how desperately I want to jump into a whole conversation about representation for so many different kinds of people and feelings and visions and everything in entertainment because you're right. It does skew our expectations so heavily like i know when i graduate in a few months i'm not living the just day life 
Like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> no just day life. And even Friends, the show, I'm like, I know oh, yeah. that you guys cannot afford New York City like that. Come on no. now. No, an apartment of that size, or, or let alone an apartment across the hall, like two available or like you or like your friends or, or let alone like you can stay there for that long. No, 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 no. With a balcony. Exactly. No. The view. No. Ooh, the view alone is an extra $3,000, people. Like, yeah. come on. Mm-mm. Two bedrooms. Mm-mm. No, it's like, no, not heard of. Not affordable cl- alone, in my lifetime. Let alone. <laughs> A period a closet what <laughs> no but you no. you can have you have enough money that you don't have to have a flex wall in your apartment wow <laughs> oh my god if you don't have to build yeah a styrofoam wall in your apartment you're doing pretty well um <laughs> um all right well i do have to start wrapping up the episode and i always like to ask um guests two questions at the very end of the episode here the first one um i really want to just give you an opportunity to of course i'll plug your show and all the socials at the very very end in my outro but i want to give you the opportunity to sort of manifest for us and and just kind of say you know maybe in your sort of vision i don't know if in your 20s is going to take you to the dream um but if it is that's amazing and it's totally going to happen i know it for you but what what do you hope to get out of the show or um or maybe just on your you can be really personal about it too like What's the what's the end goal? You, what do we want to manifest? It can be on whatever timeline. It can be a week from now. It can be fifty years from now. Whatever. Um, like what? What's the vision that just keeps you going? I love this question. I think the what keeps me going is the fact that this is just the beginning. You know, I talked about earlier that it took me almost four to five months to actually like put my voice out there, which was that was the hardest part, just getting it out there. And now that it's here and out in the world, I kind of just want to build a community. Like if I can be that person that people are like, I don't know what to do. And let me ask Tina or like, let me go to the in your twenties show and just scroll through to, till I can find an episode that relates to what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling. That is what's best for me. And that's what makes me happy because it's those notes and messages that I get where they're like, I love this episode. This was the advice that I wish I knew about three years ago, something along those lines. That's awesome. As far as the success of the show, I don't want to put numbers onto it because success can be measured in a bunch of different ways. But if this show could be the outlet that will get me to go to certain events where maybe I can be on a panel or be able to meet new people. Like I said, I'm such a people person. Like Corona is really doing me dirty because I haven't had (laughs) as much human interaction as I actually need. But just being able to meet new people and who knows, if I could one day meet one of my favorite YouTubers or maybe like interview one of my favorite celebrities through the show, I would hands down be like shooketh to my core. Yeah. What a good, what a good just, um, really simple but also really exciting and practical goal too that's that's awesome oh my gosh well um i gosh i sincerely hope that for you and i i know it's gonna happen i i'm so excited i literally i love every single week just like thank you just seeing like what what you're what we're talking about this week um and every single week it it surprises me and it doesn't it's like oh like okay let's talk about this but it's also like wow this was such a good idea to talk about 
But um, <laughs> the last the last question I want to ask you too is, um, I'll preface it kind of quickly because I preface it the exact same every single episode, and I'm trying to not do that. But <laughs> a lot of the times, I think when people listen to, um, maybe for lack of a better term, self help sort of outlets or podcasts or talks or whatever um, to inspire them. A lot of the takeaways are um, uh, maybe not surface level, but really difficult to apply to the individual in a practical way. So if somebody spent an hour listening to you, your sort of thoughts um, and a little bit about your show, what's something that somebody can do in the next hour um and maybe you can keep it very specific to your scenario hey maybe there's somebody listening to this who wants to start a podcast right now and my piece of advice is you totally should but (laughs) what what can they do within an hour to really just get get their passion project on the road and um feel like they checked off something so they can not stay up late and sleep well tonight knowing that they worked towards um, their goal i would say First of all, research. Do some research on the topic. If it's not exciting you or you're like, oh, I don't like this, then then it's not for you. Like that might not be where you want to go. And I'm not saying the project itself. I'm saying more so like the topic. Um, I will relate this to podcasts just because it's easier for me right now that way. Like let's say (laughs) if I wanted – I knew I wanted to start a podcast, but – I didn't know what I wanted to do. I started to look at podcasts that I liked, what I was interested in, what I was searching for when it came to podcasts. Then I was like, okay, this, I realized that I don't know shit, so I'm going to do in your 20s. And you could also do something along the lines of just write some words that get you energized. Pay attention to when you're having phone calls with your friends. That, I think, is another great way. Like, Mm, if you're having a talk with your friend, it could just be, about anything and there's something within that phone call that gets you energized that when you hang up you're like wow I'm really glad I talked to that person take a look at that who knows maybe it'll be a topic um that you want to explore and then turn into a piece of creativity that will then be your own creative baby (laughs) I I love that you're right Great. It's what, because a lot of, a lot of what's going to relate to you is going to relate to other people. Um, and listening is a great way to read up on that. Oh gosh, you are, you're so freaking cool. You talked about how you like interviewing your sort of like dream guest. Um, Tina, you are such a dream guest to me. This was like <gasps> one of the most easiest and most, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I love every single episode of this show, but um, just like what, like a, what a pleasure and just such a, such a feel-good conversation, as stressed out as it was. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was. I feel like we were productive today, and that means a lot to me. And your support means a lot to me, and all the work that you do means so much to me. Um, and I sincerely hope you hear it often. But you are such an inspiring creator, and maybe I need us to start texting you that every single day um, because I want to make sure you're hearing that enough. But I also know that. You are somebody that works because it makes you really happy. And that's one of my favorite things about you. So thank you seriously so much for being on the show today. It brings like the biggest smile to my face. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm you're literally going to make me cry. I'm always so emotional. Thank you so much. It's okay. Again, that's, that's one of my favorite things about you that you're just so, (laughs) you're so wholesome and you're so, you're so grounded and down to earth too. And I sincerely hope if everybody who's listening and I, 
I, I know you loved like everything Tina talked about. There is so much more amazing content and conversation um, on Tina's show. You have to subscribe, give it a five-star review, absolutely everything. Become obsessed with it like I am. Um, I'll plug all your socials and everything at the very end. I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, Tina, thank you so much. And thank you for being so transparent today with everybody. Um, I know it means a lot to everybody listening. Thank you so much. Literally, this has been such a great time. This is, I think this is honestly like my first podcast that I'm like appearing on. That's not my own. Really? So this is, because yeah, I think my so. first podcast that I was on was your podcast too. Ah, I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, Ugh. so we're connected forever. Thank you. You're stuck okay, with me. I love it. All right. So, I wouldn't want it any other way love but yeah seriously thank you it means the world and you are doing the damn thing and i cannot wait to see where this show goes oh thanks so much you're the best thank you tina for joining us today it's always such a pleasure catching up with her you've got to follow tina on instagram at tina.agalo and follow at in your 20s that's with a y-s not an i-e-s and be sure to follow and listen to her show by looking up in your 20s on whatever platform you're listening on right now Next week is another can't-miss episode just for you. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media, that's F-R-N-D-L-Y, on all platforms. You can also follow me at Jacob Wittenberg. That's all for today, guys. I will see you next time for some more Groundbreaking. Groundbreaking.